1: call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler, colleagues. Uh, You'll notice that We didn't call it the ATL Debate Club because, sadly, it is no more.
3: You called it another edition of the Around the League podcast, but technically this would be the first edition of the Around the League podcast, even though it's really not much different than the ATL Debate Club. Well, why don't you explain why we've even gone
4: down
2: this road? Uh, No, this was a decision that was made where you have a brand new uh schedule for the show which is actually really exciting greg you want to lay it out as the fearless leader of atl
3: yeah we're going to do three days a week here we're going to be talking news not just one day a week tacked on to Damashek like some little you know ugly stepsister. we're going to have our <laughs> own itunes you know to subscribe to that's going to be up hopefully by the time you hear this definitely soon uh Monday, Wednesday, Friday in training camp starting with this show so we'll be back on Friday it will be a rotating cast with the three of us, Chris Wesseling who is on vacation right now will also be joining in uh, very often and hopefully we can get it even more than three days a week once we get to the season so if you guys listen and subscribe and tell the people then then maybe we can do it five days a week.
2: This kind of feels like to me in Wayne's world when Noah's Arcade came, came on board and it made you know changed it to a more corporate type of show uh, I don't know Mark what do you what do you feel about this
4: well I don't I, the only <laughs> thing I would have some issue with is that calling us a, the red headed stepchild it was actually head.
2: it was ugly stepsister. Oh, was Greg's word because words.
4: we worked with you know a <laughs> string of you know high level corporate types to approve the name debate club there was but, no debate
2: well there was some debate I think there was one show when we debated.
4: I think cuz Dan and I are, you know, our our friendship as co-hosts grew to the point where I couldn't disagree with anything he
3: said. It reminds me too much of uh, Skip Bayless. So, no more. Plus, it reminds me of Bean. I was actually in a debate club when I was I can't believe you're <laughs> mentioning this again. You got to bury school. this. Yeah, I got to forget about it. But I'm excited around the League podcast. I mean, you guys did a great job building up the debate club you've built up. Uh, a big group of loyal listeners so hopefully you guys all come with us uh, most in
2: Australia mostly in
3: Australia and outside America very but few Americans are, yeah. well let's be honest not that big but hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully they come with us and, and we grow this thing
2: Yes, it's very exciting, and we're going to be on iTunes, and that's a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. So all the people that have been tweeting us asking how
3: to find the show, it's about to get a lot more accessible, so that's good. When, when I moved out here, I think it was they, they just heard this sort of whiny voice with a lisp, and they said, we got to get that on more often, you know what I mean? little effeminate, like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's jump on that.
2: They have tastemakers. They know what, what people want. We are a want. trio
4: that knows how to sell ourselves. Yes. That um, is for sure.
2: So we, we should talk about some NFL now, now that the housekeeping is done. What is the the big story today has to be Bill
3: Belichick, right? What an image that was on NFL Network today when Belichick was talking about Aaron Hernandez, and you don't really see him. In this mode, I think being a little vulnerable, being a little apologetic, being more open. Granted, he was reading from a statement, and and he's talking about Aaron Hernandez and and what happened, and then all of a sudden, there's a split screen on on the show, and Aaron Hernandez is walking into the courtroom, and he's being tried for murder, and it, it was kind of a procedural day in the courtroom, and there's Belichick on one side. We're listening to him. There's Hernandez on the other, and... You know, as as a Patriots fan, I mean, you could have never seen this coming. It was just it was just one of those moments in the NFL. We cover the business that I know I'll remember. I'll remember that five years from now, ten years from now.
4: And I think like with Belichick, especially, he's so you know celebrated as this guy, this stoic guy that is a few words and would take the most emotional situation and boil it down to nuts and bolts and leave everyone searching for a quote to put into a story, but he really showed his humanity today. And, you know, I think when I remember back to, like, the football life special on him, you did see behind the veil a little bit how he really cares about his players, and there's relationships there. Like, I was thinking of when Randy Moss sat in his office trying to convince him to have a Halloween party. There's this other side to Belichick. That came through today. It was pretty rare to see that in a press conference.
2: Yeah, I kind of thought heading into today that he would be dismissive of it and maybe address it with one line and then give a lot of non-answers. But as he started talking, you began to realize that he actually had to address this head-on, and he did it. It was a prepared statement, and then he went much more the Bill Belichick we know when they opened it up to questions. Every question he, he answered saying he can't get into it or he was told not to get into it. But on balance, I thought uh, you know he gave people – Some insight to where what he was thinking, and you don't get that usually from Belcher.
3: But even then, when they asked kind of a question that wasn't specifically about Hernandez, he he did talk. And one thing that stuck with me when he was just saying that, look, this is real life. You know, this isn't about football. I can't think of anything that would be more, you know, serious than this. And you saw a guy that is so in his football cocoon that he did seem a little shaken out of that. He, he understood the gravity of the situation. And Dan hit the nail on the head with... I think the expectation was he wasn't going to say anything. So maybe we're just so trained by him not saying anything that this was... A, a surprise, but right. But he did a good job with that.
2: Well, yeah, and, and Deadspin had a pretty good post today where they collected all the uh, sports writers that tweeted breathlessly about what a beautiful job by Belichick. <laughs> it really wasn't a beautiful job. He did what any other coach would do, but we're just so used to Belichick not really treating the press all that well that this seemed like s- some type of revelation.
3: But he's also, he's also Belichick, so I don't know if... Pat Shermer is going out there and talking like this. When Belichick wants to be smart and funny and incisive, he can be. He's sometimes like that about football, this time about something else.
4: Well, do you think they'll are gonna I, I go out of their way to never address this situation again publicly if they can?
3: Yeah, they're having the captain speak, and after that, I think they're going to have the captain address it in some way, and then after that, they're just going to turn the page. I mean, he already basically said, I've been advised to just talk about it once and he's not gonna, you're not going to get this Belichick again next time.
2: Right, and I think Brady and the rest of the captains are going to be pretty tight-lipped about it. There will be, will be no statement from Brady or anything like that.
3: Well, we did see Brady talk
4: to Peter King about it, basically, and right. he, he was so typical, Brady, I thought, in such a constructed quote where he didn't even use Hernandez's name. He yeah. basically talked about, listen, I am here for my teammates, the guys that are here you know focused on winning football games and were only focused on that that I thought was even more- much more robotic than Belichick's response. It was behind closed doors
2: though but so the other the other big news today von miller who we learned was facing a four game suspension, he spoke to the media today- mark, what do you see what's going on right now with Miller in your mind
4: well I think that's another situation where he chose to really not avoid the... he couldn't talk about the topic with any sort of detail. There's an appeal coming up, and I thought... I I was a bit surprised on his response. Someone said, do you feel like you've let your teammates down? And he said, no, I don't. And, you know, I guess we have to see how this shakes out, but, I mean, that defense will not be the same on any level if he... if if this carries through and he has this four-game ban.
2: I thought it was interesting when it first... when we first learned of it, and that was Monday, I guess, that the NFLPA... Came out quickly with a a statement, kind of backing Miller and saying that you know, basically saying some things are not right about this situation. So I expect a you know pretty big fight to protect this guy from a four-game suspension.
3: And our guy Ian Rappaport reported the appeal is expected in mid-August, so we should know before the season whether he's going to be suspended. And you know, Josh Gordon is an example this year of a guy we didn't know he was appealing, but essentially he got his suspension reduced. So it might not be four games. I'd be surprised if it was nothing, but we, you know, there's a lot we don't know about this situation. And the yeah. funny
2: thing about the Broncos is they, you know, there were, it was almost like when a uh, pitcher is throwing a perfect game and then someone in the dugout speaks to him. People were, were so high on them when they signed Welker, and there were stories about how the Broncos were on an unprecedented winning streak. And then almost immediately from that point forward, things started going bad. And this is now the latest and really greatest setback for them that they have to put up with if they're going to get back to the playoffs.
4: I mean, I do think it's such a long season that some of these, you know, remember when Big Ben got knocked out for four games for his penalization, it was like, listen, it, the Steelers are going to suffer. They come out of that 3-1, and one, I think it was, and yeah, they wound up fine. They end up going to the Super Bowl that season.
3: You're right. I, it, it might be the difference between the one seed and the two seed or something like that, or it might be nothing, but Dan, I think, is right that... Look, they should have had Elvis Doomerville and Von Miller, and now they're going to have Sean Phillips and mm-hmm. Robert Ayers. Right. And the Doomerville thing is kind of lost because the DUIs are such a serious thing, and they, they both got suspended in the front office, and this Von Miller thing is an off the field. But the Doomerville thing was the biggest mistake of the offseason, and the Broncos really didn't take enough heat for that. It was all blamed on the agent, but it's the Broncos' fault just as much. I mean, they couldn't have screwed that up more.
4: Well, do you think it affects—you say that it's the difference between a 1 and 2 seed. Do you still see them as a
3: 1 or 2 seed team? I think that's the easiest division in football, so I'd be stunned if they didn't win it. So I think they have the best chance to get a bye of anyone in the AFC, I really do, Uh, whether it's the 1 or the 2 seed. I'd give them a better chance than anyone.
2: Okay, so for the past three weeks, we've been going division by division. Uh, Big questions for each team heading into training camp. We have now reached the final two divisions, the NFC East and the NFC North. So let's start in the East. Greg Rosenthal, Rosenthal, what do you see for the Dallas Cowboys?
3: Well, the thing I'm looking at is if this defense is going to come to... We've been talking about this defense being a potential disaster the whole offseason. Since the day they got rid of Rob Ryan... And they hired Monty Kiffin, and there's a bunch of changes. And I, you know, I talked about it was ridiculous to bring Jay Ratliff back at that money. What happens? He he gets hurt on a conditioning test. A lot of people talked about Anthony Spencer. Uh, you know, should you really pay that guy as much money to be a franchise tag player? He gets hurt on the conditioning test. They lose their top backup at defensive end uh, for the entire season to a torn Achilles. That's about as bad a first couple of days of training camp as you're going to have. Is Monty Kiffin, at age like 104, questioning his decision to join this effort? Well, it's better than USC. That's right. a fair point. All right.
2: <laughs> Greg, you're off the podcast. You're out. I mean, you have to be
3: happy Monty <laughs> Kiffin happy is gone. I'm happy he's
2: gone, but you can't imply that there's a job out there that's better than USC on this podcast. I'm not going to allow it. I'm sorry. Well, Wilk, Wilk, as you might be able to tell, went to some California college. Uh, he's leaving us anyway soon, from what I understand. So, Alex, just keep, keep it. Yeah, you know, let's keep it
3: to the NFL. I don't care about USC. All right, buddy. <laughs> well,
2: um, I don't care about Monty Kiffin. And so I don't
3: that. know if Monty <laughs> Kiffin cares about football anymore. I mean, I'm kidding, but let's face it. You want coaches on the way up. You don't want coaches at the end of their career. Was he that good at the end of his run in Tampa? Not really. It was a very beguiling hire after Jerry Jones said that you know, we're gonna reboot the machine
4: here, we're gonna bring energy and I understand Kiffin's, you know, resume is impressive dating right. back some time, but it 1930s, was nineteen thirties. Yeah, it was not an energizing move for the Cowboys. And I almost wonder, like, between Rob Ryan, who's taking over what was the worst defense last season in terms of what yardage allowed mm-hmm. and you look at the Cowboys situation, which one of these coordinators comes out on top this season? I the Cowboys have more talent, but
2: There's issues there. And I just said to Wilk that I didn't care about his college, but now I'm going to ask you, Wilk, as a USC fan, were you devastated or was the fan base devastated that Kiffin left the team? No, we were all ecstatic that he left the team. (laughs) Exactly. It was the best thing that happened to us all offseason. So it just seemed like a bit of an odd hire, and now he's – tasked with resurrecting this defense which wasn't really that bad last year is more injury riddled I mean Rob Ryan even said when he was defending himself after being fired that he thought he did about as
3: good as you can do considering the issues he was up against my other big takeaway here is I'm not sure Mark knows the meaning of the word beguiling beguiling just throwing that out there
4: no I do (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely do
3: well that will be
2: next week's podcast we're going to break down uh, Beguiling's exact definition. Uh, the Washington Redskins, uh, obviously big story is RG3. Has to be. What else is there? I mean, that, that's what, there's a 1,000 yards between that and storyline number two. What is storyline number two? Alfred Morris, uh, you know, learning how to horseback ride. I mean, what, does, <laughs> is there anything really that we're – RG3 is the big story. Today he came out. He said that he's probably not going to play in the preseason. I mean, he didn't come out and say it definitively, but he's not going to play in the preseason. But it all seems like everything's heading toward week one for him.
4: Yeah, I, th- I mean, don't you think that they've they've eyed week one to be... Why why throw him out there into a preseason game? What's the benefit of doing that?
3: Yeah, there is none, and you never know. He's not going to be in team drills right away, but it seems like they're taking that Adrian Peterson you know mold from last year. They'll be safe for a couple of weeks and he'll be out there and he'll be fine. I, I really don't know what number two is. They need a tight end. They have about four tight ends that could that could all start. Their wide receivers are a little jumbled, but I, you know, I like the Redskins this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the
2: other thing with RG3 is they pushed it in the playoffs in January and he blew out his knee. It totally makes sense that they would now be a little extra cautious if, if only to protect, you know, their butts on this, but... uh you know, and as I said that, I said, Greg, you have the definition of beguiling uh, up on your computer? I did,
3: and then I switched it. But, yeah, it means to influence by trickery, flattery, mislead. I think beguiling, I always felt meant <laughs> like you are
4: confounding, you're confusing people with something. So tricking to some degree.
3: Yeah. Not too bad, not too bad. I'll give Mark the. Point I like on how this we're line. going. dictionary.com we, we dot com on this podcast. We should
2: try. Will can we try to get Dictionary. dot com as a sponsor, and we could work this into every podcast when one of us misuses a word. Uh, Except that I did not uh, misuse I'm go ahead it. And say <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs>
4: Good point. Good <laughs> go job to on that one. Will, right. Will's final move on this podcast. Okay,
3: okay, the Giants. What do we got? Jason Pierre Paul's health. This isn't a really intriguing camp, uh, but he's one of the most important defensive players. I think. For his team in the league, and we have no idea if he's going to be back for Week One at all. We really don't know after his surgery uh, when he's going to be back on the field.
4: No, there was a guy on Giants.com today, I think, that said that you know he's inside the building, that they feel strongly that it will be Week One, but there's no surety, and that on the other side, Tuck, he he has shoulder injury essentially has never gone away, and he says that that player specifically is not going into the season healthy himself with a shoulder issue. so
3: It's a weird team. Mark yeah. Mark Herzlick right now is their starting middle linebacker. They're counting on Corey Webster to really bounce back in in the secondary. There's a lot of questions on that. It used to be this team was defined by its pass rush, and there's probably more questions about the defensive line than anywhere else on that team. Don't
4: you feel, though, it's something about the New York Giants under Coughlin. They have a way of kind of patching holes up and bringing you know, an average position groups together, and then they peak at the right time. Like every fourth or fifth season, they seem to blow up. Yeah,
2: which means this is an off year for yeah, them. Yeah, so we've got a couple more years to wait. They're also a hard team to figure out because they're coming off one of the weirder seasons in recent memory where they were dominating some of the best teams in the league and then getting wiped out by teams that were at their level and below, somehow missed the playoffs. It's really hard to tell if they're now going to, you know, two years ago, Super Bowl, now is this a bounce back year for them, or are they now going to, you know, be a five hundred team? Are they like where are the Giants at right now? They're a hard team to figure. out. I think
4: out. the thing about too the struggle is like that's a team that has to deal with the Redskins in their offense twice, and then they have no idea what they're going to deal with with the with the Eagles. That's four games right there where you're not facing orthodox like offensive attacks. And I thought that the Redskins did a nice job against the Eagles last
2: season or against the Giants. And I don't know. It's a big wild card that defense. And since you brought up the Eagles, um, they're another team where it's going to be a, a QB battle, something
3: that's head and shoulders above any other uh, plot line there. To me, Vic and Foles is going to be talked about a lot. Obviously, we've already done it, but this is the number one story in training camp to me. I mean, a football story. Because it's two players that are pretty good. It's not Blaine Gabbert and Chad Henney, you know, competing to see who goes 3-13. and 13. It, It's Michael Vick and Nick Foles... Competing to see who starts on a team I think can make the playoffs. This is not a great division. I like the Redskins. I don't love any of these teams. I think any one of them could win the division. And you throw in Chip Kelly. If I could sit and watch one training camp and just go there and stay, it would be Philadelphia.
4: I mean, Is there any concern, though, with Chip Kelly in terms of this? There is no defined starter right up, not just in the quarterback position, but with all these positions. I understand the competition side, but NFL players in general for – decades have been doing things a certain way and it's cool that he can mix it up and do his Oregon approach but you know, you got to, you've got or already seen some dissension there and some irritation on the part of Vic and Deshaun Jackson is it just those malcontents or does the entire roster going to be a little up in space, that there's no defiance. Now
2: that That's a mean word right, to well, I didn't know. What I think, have they
4: done? <laughs> I think that Vic is, oh, all right, that's, that is strong, but I think that Vic could go, he could turn evil on this team if, if he doesn't get his way. You've seen hints of that.
2: Right. I actually, and when we were talking downstairs, that's something to me to watch. If you're somebody that likes drama and when things start to get a little dirty and nasty, Michael Vic does not get this job.
3: The hands of zone
2: Yeah, we get in the hands of zone <laughs> Vic doesn't get the job, and he starts mouthing off to the media and puts Chip Kelly in a bad spot. It could get kind of fun in Philly.
3: It will It will always be sort of misdirected shots from Vic. That's, that's sort of his, you know, M.O. He's not going to take it on head-on, but he'll kind of, like, let something sneak out a little bit that he's not happy. But I honestly don't think that's going to be a problem. I think he's matured. He said that he'll accept a backup job if that's what happens. And... That's not a problem to me. To me, it's a problem, though, if he's not the best quarterback on the team. And since we're talking about
2: Vic, I have to bring up uh, one of my favorite quotes, early favorite right now for best quote of training camp. Uh, He added four pounds of, in his words, pure muscle in the offseason. And uh, his quote, it was a classic Barry Horowitz, pat yourself on the back, (laughs) Uh, quote, four pounds, four pounds of pure muscle, he said. So it's a credit to myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's Michael awesome. Vick loves himself some
3: Michael Vick. I like that.
2: I like that about him. <laughs> um okay, so that's the NFC East. W- before before we go on, we should address the cheetah situation in the NFL, right? This, we have
3: to. I mean, I feel like it's the the elephant in the room. It is.
2: The, so apparently Chris Johnson, there is a there's a Every
3: everyone's just wondering why haven't they brought up the cheetah? <laughs> right, <yet. laughs> just to dial through cut to minute 12.
2: Chris Johnson and and Devin Hester apparently uh, there's a channel... Well, let's start from the top. There, apparently, there's a, cha- there's a channel that exists called Nat Geo Wild uh, that has a, sh- has a week called Big Cat Week, which I'm not sure if Discovery Channel can sue them for obviously trying to co-op Shark Week. But uh, as a part of this, Chris Johnson and Devin Hester traveled somewhere and raced a cheetah. And, uh, you know, that seems like one of the most dangerous, reckless things a human could ever do, Right. In one just, of
3: in one of the easiest you know races that Cheetahs ever had is that really a competition? Well, I, Cheetah I, probably doesn't even know what's going on. Well, He's just Cheetah going clearly about his business. doesn't know. First of all, can we get someone else other than Hester at this point in his career? That's a fair comment. Let's throw at well, Ty Hilton or something. I mean, how many
2: how many people? Even I believe because I saw a um, a still shot from the the show, even though it's not airing till November. But apparently, there was a wall between them. Uh, so there could be you no know, jugular rips, which is excellent news. But I did some research as a around the league writer uh, as I wrote the post, and as it turns out, a cheetah can go zero to sixty in three seconds. So like, I, you know, what what are we doing here? As Greg what, says, a non race. Couldn't we find a dog or something, something that would have been a closer race? I don't understand why a cheetah against a human was deemed something we need to
3: organize an hour of cable television over i wish dan did this much research on football posts i mean he is like our (laughs) cheetah beat writer he came in today and you know Sessler was gonna do the cheetah follow-up because clearly the people demand demanded more cheetah Mm -hmm. and dan came in there (laughs) and he basically just took the tape from mark's desk and claimed the cheetah post Yeah, well it's
4: clearly you know a post that's going to blow up on our site and Dan just took that, I like gold, that gold brick right off my desk. I like
3: it's being presented that
2: way, but uh, I can well, be that's the bad pretty guy. Accurate, yeah. I'll take all the metrics gold and be the bad guy. That's fine with me. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move back to football. Uh, the NFC North,
3: the final division in our breakdown the Green Bay Packers. I think the running back battle there is something to watch. You know, they've survived for the last few years without any running game. And now they have a chance to have a really good running game. I mean, Jonathan Franklin was one of my favorite guys in the draft. I mean, he fell to the fourth round. Eddie Lacy, uh, Dwan Harris. They have a lot of options. I I don't think it's going to be a bad running game this year.
4: Yeah, I'm excited to see a more balanced attack from Green Bay because I understand you've got the greatest quarterback on the planet and you can throw the ball 100 times to everyone, but... It's like something stopped them each season, and I think that we saw them get physically pounded by the Niners in that playoff game, and McCarthy said all offseason we are going to be a tougher team on defense and we're going to be a tougher team on offense, and it's like if they can do that, I'd see that the, you know these one-and-done playoff shows are going to end for them. They have a chance to go all the way to the Super Bowl this year.
2: I'm most, I'm most excited about Aaron Rodgers sitting in front of his laptop trying to figure out how to craft the perfect tweet to come back from this Ryan Braun disaster. He's waiting, oh. he's
4: taking his time.
3: He, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers is a guy who takes slights from the media pretty seriously and he, he <laughs> yes. carries it with them. So I you know, this is a case with Ryan Braun where he's taken some shots Rodgers has in the last uh, few days since the news came out and I think he's just going to be so salty what, when he steps up to the and, podium. And for
2: those who didn't follow this last year, Ryan Braun, who was a MVP for the Milwaukee Brewers in baseball, he got popped for steroids. He appealed it and won on appeal. This was last year, and then Rogers. People know the Ryan Braun. Story. Well, some people don't know it, you know. So maybe our Australian, American baseball—that's you know? true. <laughs> but anyway, so Rogers comes out. He he's a little bit arrogant in his responses on Twitter. Let's face it, saying you know exonerated, eat crow, MLB. And now it blew up in his face because not only was Braun suspended for the rest of the year on Monday, he also admitted that he was using.
4: On the flip side, Dan is often attacked on Twitter, and (laughs) I'll go out of my way to defend him. And you're not always dealing with facts, it's just you're... Looking out for your You're friend.
2: presenting me as Ryan
3: Braun and you as Aaron Rodgers. The sure.
4: parallel to some degree. I mean, but it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, is he sticking up for his friend? He, did he know back then what the real deal was?
3: It's a legit issue because they own a restaurant together. It's oh, awkward. Which right. is like the MVP guy's restaurant. Which That's is, the reality show we need to see. Right. Probably not going to do too well in the future. The <laughs> the Ryan Braun restaurant in Milwaukee. <laughs> no. Doors a, closing. Um. Minnesota Vikings. Now it's like the McLaughlin group or something. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, go!
4: I, I know that I had talked about bringing up the uh, the new group of wide receivers, but I have to say, w- when my mind in, with the Vikings immediately goes to the quarterback situation, I want to see how you've got you know two guys here, Christian Ponder and
3: Matt Castle. It's like, I, I want to see how they do with, with their workload as the games go on. I think that's a regular season thing, whether if Ponder plays well... It'll be fine. If not, we'll hear about this more in Week 5. I mean, I'm looking to see how they use Cordero Patterson, whether he, he could be a starter right away or he could be buried on the depth chart, like, fourth, and he just has 15, 20 snaps a game. Nothing would really surprise me with him.
2: I'm actually more interested, are the Vikings going to hold on to the 12th overall pick in Nick's May's draft? Or are they going to try to trade up to get the quarterback? You know, wow. What are they going to
4: do? Well, I think if if they end up with that pick and you're
3: predicting some doom for them there, it's like absolutely they're not going to stick with Ponder after this season. I think this is a last-place team. I'm with, I'm with Dan, maybe like the number seven pick. This is a tough division. This is my least favorite team in the division. You see the Detroit Lions beating out Minnesota this season. I think Detroit is a potential playoff team. We haven't made our predictions or anything, but they'll, I'm thinking about them as a wild card, yeah.
2: You know, Yeah, Peterson had one of the greatest years ever, but I can't remember too many weaker 10-6 and six teams uh, than the Vikings were last year. Just they don't do much for me, and I think Peterson will regress. As you know, he almost has to, and I don't see the quarterback play getting better. And they lost their best player besides
3: Peterson and Harvin. It's hard I- to win in 2013 with Christian Ponder, or whatever the their passing game is going to be. All right, the Chicago Bears. Greg, start it off. Uh let's just see. <laughs> as as Wilk fist pumps behind the glass. You know, Cutler spoke today. His coach and GM. Both spoke today, and the GM said there's no contract for Cutler this year. There's no contract for anyone. Um, it's going to be fascinating. I'm really excited to watch this team. I want to watch them week one because I really don't know what I'm going to get with Mark Trestman. There's not a lot up for grabs, I don't think, on this team in, in camp, uh, but I'm, I just have no idea what Tressman and Cutler are going to be like together. It could be either great or it could be terrible.
4: Well, I think it's, it's funny because when we got the information about Cutler not going to be, you know, getting a new deal before this whole thing begins. It's interesting because I think Tressman is going to do wonders with Cutler. He's done that with almost every quarterback he's had. But then that puts the Bears in a situation where, you know, if Cutler has a marvelous year, they would have been much smarter to get that contract done right now when his, you know, the shine's a little off on the guy.
2: It's the right move by the Bears. It's and it's the same situation that my Jets were in last year. Only they made the wrong move where Tannenbaum gave mark sanchez a new contract when he didn't have to do the contract could have said just play it out let's see if you earn it cutler has been so up and down really his whole career but you know especially with the bears that i think it's a situation where he's his career is at the point where yes you're definitely our starter we believe in you but it's kind of put up or shut up time whether or not you are the long-term answer
3: ian, yeah. ian reported some stuff today basically that look if if Jay Cutler plays really well. It's going to get really expensive for the Bears, but they don't care. I mean, if you think the Ravens minded, minded pain Joe Flacco, they don't mind. So, you know, I think, once again, Dan's overrating Sanchez and somehow comparing him to Jay Cutler. Cutler's a <laughs> far better quarterback. Who has
2: more playoff wins? Oh, stop. Okay. Uh
3: I think Cutler's going to be a bear long-term. I'd be really surprised if it, if it went that south just because good quarterbacks are hard to find. I still think he's good.
4: Well, and we learned this offseason, you saw a string of quarterback contracts come through. Did any of, them, any of them really
3: seem too outrageous for the guys who were getting paid and what they mean to their teams? Things would have to go really south on the field and maybe between them personally, I feel like Tressman and Cutler just not being a match for him not to be there long-term. And then finally, you mentioned Mark the
2: Lions, and obviously you're not very high on them. Uh, what do you see coming out of there, camp?
4: I don't think that I'm not very high on them. I, I, I just see in that division that they don't look like the most complete team to me. I know that the, the guy that we've focused on a lot this offseason is Reggie Bush, and how will his production fit into that team? I'm sorry,
2: I can't hear you. All I hear is like pistons pumping and laser beam sounds. It's the Reggie Bush hype machine rolling oh, is at a, a prodigious, <laughs> powerful level. And it's just, again... You know, if you listen to all the reports about Bush, and this has been happening his whole career, but especially now that he's in a good offense with a great, uh, well, maybe a great quarterback, you would think that he's going to have 150 catches and 2,000 yards rushing. Uh, let's, just, let's just let it play out, but the, the, uh, the idea that Reggie Bush is now going to finally become this statistical monster, I'm just sick of hearing it personally.
3: I mean, the lasers the lasers can get annoying <laughs> from the hype machine. <laughs> I, I'm with you, and th- this happened when Bush... Landed in Miami, and I think he lived up to reasonable expectations of what you could have thought from Miami, but he's just a guy. I mean, is he any better than your average second-round pick coming out of the NFL draft? Probably not. I mean, he's, he's not quite a good starter, but he's not a bad starter.
4: Well, it might have something to do with another hype machine, uh, the USC Trojans. Oof. Am I am I is that fair Congratulations,
2: I mean, Dan Hansis, you got your own podcast. It's just you now. <laughs> you and me. All right, buddy. Until you leave me and I'm all alone. Um so that's it. That is our divisional breakdown.
3: Yeah, I gotta go. We I gotta to run to the airport and see my uh daughter for the first time in a couple of weeks. I'm excited.
2: Wow. We'll, well enjoy it. That could, it sounds like a lifetime special or something. Um Alright, so we'll be back No one next, would watch
3: that. Yeah, we'll be back on Friday, right? We will be back on Friday with this another around the league. Podcast All right, and maybe we'll be on iTunes,
2: so just keep an eye out. we'll keep you updated. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.